Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1233 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you along with Derek Scott. We'll tell you that guests at Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Uh, now, they're normally open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 to close. Uh, they're open all playoff nights. So if there's games on Monday night, Roos Chris is open as well. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. You can follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue and tell Chris and Chef Eltaf that Oilers Dale sent you. Uh, there you have it. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show Daily Faceoffs Frank Saraboli for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Reminding you, opening day at the Century Mile Racetrack is Saturday, May the 6th, where you'll be able to wager on the Kentucky Derby. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Frank, it's official. You gave the Oilers the kiss of death yesterday. <laughs> You're the first person I thought about when making that pick. Really? Yes. Because you know I am a little bit superstitious, right? You know that. Yep. Okay, I'm a lot superstitious. It's I have to admit. Uh, here's an example. The way uh, radio and TV works for intermission guests is in theory, you text, and we got a great, as you know, we have an excellent PR team. All right? We got a guy, Jamie Cartmel and Sean mm-hmm. May. Kate Doyle helps out as well. They do a tremendous job. Uh, Jamie came over from the BC Lions. Before that, he worked with Dave Jameson, who's a first-class guy that uh, did an awesome job for the Edmonton Eskimos for a long, long time, so he learned from one of the best. Uh, And this is when they were named the Edmonton Eskimos. And so we text them uh, at the end of the the first period and then post-game if we don't have Brendan Escott with us. And I was hesitating to text last night when it was 3-2, right? That's how superstitious I am. You're the so is official- it my fault or is it Brendan's fault? Well, I, I'm not sure of that. Uh, we'll discuss that with Brendan tomorrow when he's back. Uh, by the way, uh, but we do it on the road as well because it's just, you know, playoffs is just going to be jacking me on the road. You're- so when you, so what you're getting at, for those not following along, is I picked the Oilers yesterday yes. to win the Cup. Way to go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. So, now, here's the thing. You picked the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup in 17-18 as well, right? That was before the season started, though. Okay. What year? What happened you... that year? Yeah, we know what happened that year. Uh, it wasn't good, the ending. Uh, by the way... I should stop making picks. Wh- who did you pick to win the Cup this year? This year? Yeah. About the beginning of the year? Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes. Okay, so they can win the Cup. Who did you pick last year? Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. They missed the playoffs, didn't they? They did. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I I don't pick the chalk. Here's the <laughs> thing. Just busted you having fun, man. I, no, I I'm I'm all for it. Like, look, like you you make the picks. You got to come on and and take the heat. Like, I I just don't pick the chalk, and I I hate like it. Like, what fun is picking the Bruins to win this year? 
100% with you. Well, this is how much of a dummy I am. I thought Florida, I'd heard that there was a chance Bergeron wasn't going to play Florida. Florida outshot Boston, you know, but Boston's got really good goaltending. Yeah. Well, uh, yes, Omar stopped all 18 of the first shots he faced. They were actually under siege in the first period. Yeah. Not sure if you watched. And yeah. Not having Bergeron, and by the way, Bergeron missed game one with an illness. He's quite clearly banged up, too. So yeah. I don't know how impactful he's going to be in the series as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I, I still, Florida's got a tough team, right? They do, and they can score a bit. Here's the, it's this simple on the Oilers, Frank. If they can't come back and win this series, they weren't good enough. That's all, like, to, to get over losing game one. And uh, good teams, good teams find a way to play through adversity. And I'll give you, I'll give you examples. I remember the 1990 Stanley Cup champion, Edmonton Oilers, losing game three in Chicago. To, well, first of all, they, they Dave Ellis scored in double overtime in Winnipeg. They used to show that highlight every game that we went into Winnipeg for years because it was like their greatest playoff moment of history, neglecting to mention that the Oilers came back after being 3-1 down in that series and beating the Jets three straight and then shutting out uh, the Wayne Gretzky and the Kings in four straight games. So the Edmonton went through the adversity against both Winnipeg and against Chicago. They were down 2-1 against Chicago that year as well in round three. And that was in 1990. So, I mean, every lots of Stanley Cup champion teams during the course of the year will lose uh, one of the first two games at home in a playoff series. It, it, you know, that's part of growing in the maturation of a team. Would you not agree? Well, you mentioned maturation, and I think what surprised me the most about game one last night was that I thought the Oilers were past some of this. You know, you think back to not just the beginning of this season and the first half of the year in which I think sometimes the Oilers were their own worst enemy. You know, I think back to last year in the first round series against the Kings, they just, they opened the door against LA. They like, they should have won that series in five games. And the fact that it stretched to seven and the added stress that goes into that and the, the dry cycle injury, like all those things, they add up. There's a cumulative effect. I truly believe that. And so you said the, if the Oilers aren't able to overcome an, a one, nothing deficit in the series, then they're, they don't deserve to win. I, I would agree. I would say I would take it a step further though, and say the Oilers need to not shoot themselves in the foot. Because that's really the issue is it's hard enough to beat other teams. Don't beat yourself while you're at it. Frank, there's entirely too much reason and logic in that comment right there. Two two-goal leads in the third period. You have to find a way to nurse that game home. Right? You just need to take – you need to check. You, you can't 17 have, seconds. You can't have blown assignments and give – like. Maybe, hey, this Kempe guy's pretty good. Maybe we need to focus on him, too. Um, there were some guys that had some challenging games. Vincent DeHarnay, mm -hmm. the Oilers lost five of the 36 games he played in the regular season, and he was a force in a third-pairing right shot D. He had a tough night. That's going to happen. It's his mm -hmm. first NHL playoff game. All right, how do you respond from it? We have people. I, I, I want to, you know what, today is the anniversary of the Oilers winning the lottery to get Connor McDavid. The Blanken hockey gods smiled upon this city in a fashion that you couldn't have asked for, okay? Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Edmonton got super lucky. We have fans, oh, he better, he better come back and be better in game two. Yeah, he had a tough game. He's the world's best player. 
They're not all going to be margin. By a, it, they're not all going to be perfect. Okay, so oh, you better be better. You better be better. Like figure it out. Like holy cow, man. The, yeah. So here's one other thing that I'll add to this, and then we can put game one to bed, at least in our conversation. Yes. If the Oilers open the door for the Kings again, if they shoot themselves in the foot again, you know, one freebie, that's fine. You can overcome that. But if you play and handle this series, manage it the way that the Oilers did last year, they're not going to win this series because the Kings are a way better team than last year. You could say the Oilers are too, and I would agree. But the, this Kings team, especially the longer it goes, you get Fiala back, it becomes a different, hundred percent, different series and a different feel. So don't, you know, you got to put your foot down. And if you play well, and if you're in the driver's seat and controlling most of the game, like the Oilers were last night, you got to close it out. Do you buy the theory that teams that are good early in the year often end up being good in the playoffs? because they've built up a buffer, a separation point-wise. And I'm looking at Boston and Carolina. You picked Carolina to win the Cup. Boston had an all-world series. Not that Boston didn't play well coming down the stretch, but they were off the charts for large portions of the year. Carolina was fantastic for the first three quarters of the year, took on some water late. Do you buy that, that those teams, you know, they can get, whereas Edmonton came home hard, 14-0-1 in their final 15? What do you think? I think each year is different. I don't think there's a, you know, a formula that works. I think you've seen teams that get hot at the right time and and ride a wave of momentum from March 1st all the way till June 15th. That has been a really successful path. You know, I've seen teams that start the year and, and go all the way through. I'm thinking back to the 2013 Chicago Blackhawks. They go all the way, basically wire to wire. Like, it, it depends. Like, you know, I don't think there's one secret sauce that that creates a Stanley Cup champion. You're going to have to face adversity at some point or another. I think the Oilers have faced some. Uh, I don't think their road has been as hard as some others have been. But, you know, this is a chance for the Oilers today to wake up and smell themselves a little bit and say, hey, we, we got to knuckle down here. Like, we cannot take any moment for granted in this series because the Kings, they'll hurt you. They will. Yeah, and they're well coached. And the coach, uh, you know, it, there's no other way to say it. He got dumped by the Oilers, and that burns with some guys. And uh, if you don't think he wouldn't love to knock off Edmonton, you got another thing coming. They, like, mm -hmm. you know what? It, the Kings have their game faces on. Okay. I'm they should. I'm telling you that. Look at, right? look at me. People like me out here. Oh, the, the Oilers are going to win the Stanley Cup. Right. 100%. No what? one's picking the Kings to win the series, let alone anything beyond that. What did you think of the hit last night with Joe Pavelski getting drilled by Matthew Dumba? Should that have been a suspension? I don't have any issue with it. I think some people have looked at it and said, Bob, is this a, a hit that's late? Maybe by uh, two tenths of a second, but I think when you're when you're processing the play, it's within to me the range of acceptable um, timing, and no one should really be surprised in that. First off, I think Matt Dumba is a clean player, and two, 
if you've spent any time watching the Wild or Matt Dumba play over the last number of years, the guy's a legitimate kamikaze pilot going through the neutral zone half the time. If you don't have your head up, good luck. And unfortunately for Joe Pavelski, I think the ugly part is the end result. His head bounces off the ice, and you hate seeing him lay there. Um, such a talented player. And, and I think without uh, you know putting too much emphasis on it, I think if Joe Pavelski is missing any length of time, there's a chance that that hit may have flipped this series on its head a bit in that Dallas relies so much on its top line to produce. And I think they have arguably the best complete line in hockey, you know, left wing center, right wing that it, it changes the complexion of the series. If he's out. We're joined by Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Opening day at Century Mile Racetrack is Saturday, May the 6th, where you'll be able to wager on the Kentucky Derby. For more info, head to thehorses.com. Frank, can Toronto beat Tampa Bay? I think it's time, and I don't think it'll be close. I think the Leafs will win in five. What about you? I've picked the Leafs, speaking of my picks again, uh, each of the last three years, and... I'm happy to be wrong again, but I'm not picking the Leafs. You know, (laughs) fool me once, you know, shame on me. Twice and three times, shame on you. And I I just, I can't. I think think you reversed that. Kevin Lowe told me that once. Bob, you need to learn something in life. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Well, I did reverse it, but I did it on purpose. Okay, so I'm not smart enough to figure that out, Frank. You know that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, shame on the Leafs because I, like, I, I think that team has been primed and ready to advance, and I think authentically when you look at that team, they're one of five teams, I think, or six in the 16-team tournament that can win the whole thing. Um, so logically, everything lines up for the Leafs to to get through. But I go back to the Amazon series that followed the Leafs behind the scenes when they lost, I believe it was the Montreal Canadiens. And the, just the comments from the coaching staff, there's demons in their heads, under their beds, in their closets, everywhere they turn. I think you underestimate the, the Tampa Bay lightning at your own peril. Like, they don't really care what their regular season looked like. They were locked into this playoff spot and matchup and probably even opening on the road all the way back at U.S. Thanksgiving. That's how long this matchup has been locked in. So they're not stressing themselves out over what their record is down the stretch or how well they've played. Yeah, I get that they're not as deep as they were last year. Uh, I get that Victor Hedman is not in the Norris conversation for the first time in a long time. But they've got players that can elevate and they've got when he's on his game, I think still the best goalie in the game. So that plus their defense core, I think is, is deeper top to bottom than the Leafs. Um, I I just, I'm not picking against Tampa. I'm not picking the Leafs until they show me that they can do it and exercise those demons. And if that means I'm wrong again, then that's fine. Uh, Yesterday, when texters found out that I'd picked the Leafs, they're like, geez, I sure hope the reverse Stoffer curse takes effect. 
So take it for what it's worth. All right, Frank, uh, the news yesterday out of Calgary involved Brad Tree Living, and we were headed down an inevitable path here. Will Brad Tree Living have any issue finding gainful employment as a general manager in a hurry? If he, I think he does a pretty, I, you know, I think the guy does a good job. I think the Flames organization, they do some really good things. They've had a hell of an AHL team for the last couple of years. Um, they, they got dealt a, a tough blow in terms of the decisions that both Goodrow and Matthew Kachuk made. Uh, I like the Sutter family a lot. Right, I like all of them, and what I like about them is if they have a problem with you, they come up to you and they say, "Hey, you, and let's get this over and done with it. We're fine, and we move on, and they're all good." Right? That's just the way, you know. Screw you, Bob. We disagree with you on this, or hey, I was, I can't believe you remembered that from back when. You know what I mean? I like Daryl mm-hmm. Sutter. He treats me like gold. But the reality is, uh, and part of it's Cam Moon, because Cam obviously worked for the Sutters for all those years. Some might say that Daryl Sutter coaching that team is not an attraction for certain types of players. It was an inevitable split. I think Tree did a heck of a job. You tell me what you think is going to end up shaking down in Calgary and where Tree Living ultimately ends up. Yeah, I don't think there's any question that he's going to have an opportunity to step back into the NHL in short order. Um, I also think when grading out his run in Calgary as the fourth longest tenure GM and the fact that they only won two playoff series uh, over that span and and never advanced past the second round, in fact, uh, never won more than one game in the second round during that run, um, people might look at that and say, well, what's there to write home about? And I'd say that there are different pressures and there are different, you, you heard their president and CEO John Bean talk about it yesterday when they were introducing Don Maloney as president of hockey ops. He, he reiterated again, we don't rebuild. So when they had an opportunity and there, a lot of people are critical of, of Brad true living summer last year saying, well, wasn't losing Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk the perfect time to blow it up and start over? It, it would be, except if your owner is telling you we're not doing that. And that's really what he's had to deal with is a difficult place, I think, to manage. Um, I think there's different m- missions and mandates that come from that ownership group than others around the league. And so what we have end up playing out is a situation where there's a lot of people that are unhappy with Daryl Sutter that, you know, players, you know, management, front office staff, you know, training equipment and coaching staff all had issues at varying points, pressure points and friction this year that it basically became a, a situation that unfolded was him or me and Brad true living ends up walking. And I don't think the conversation is quite closed yet on on the path forward for Daryl Sutter I think for now he's won and he's uh he's gonna be it seems the head coach of the Flames to start next year uh, but not totally set and there's a lot still to figure out because as I mentioned the players voice their frustration too how does that play out over the course of the summer for at least three to four players in particular who are entering the final seasons of their deals next year that the flames have really big decisions to make. And then who's going to be the next general manager of this team? Frank, great stuff. I'll take Backlund. 
I don't know how you make it happen. I'd love to have him. Uh, yeah, th- I think Lindholm would look pretty good, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, awesome. Thank you for joining us here on Oilers Now. And you know what? You provided a, a really good synopsis on the Tampa Bay series. Have, have you- a good one, Bob. All right, take care. That is Frank Saravalli for... The horses and horse racing Alberta opening day at Century Mile Racetrack is Saturday, May the 6th, where you'll be able to wager on the Kentucky Derby. For more info, head to thehorses.com. Uh, we'll take a quick break. I got some great texts to return to on the Ashley Five Floors text line when we return. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 1256 at Edmonton. Let's go to the Oilers Now. Injury report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown. It's this simple. They're the best. They get you the best results. No question about it. Huge supporters of sport in the city as well. Uh, Not just the Edmonton Oilers, but the Edmonton Elks and the Alberta Golden Bears as well. Uh, While the Oilers are relatively healthy, no Kevin Fiala, no Gabe Velarde in Game 1 of the series. They both scored 23 goals for the Kings. In fact, when uh, when, uh, Fiala went out of the lineup, he was the Kings' leading scorer, 72 points in 69 games. He's a real good player. They play differently, a little bit more open when he's in the lineup. You know, it's funny. You can't react too harshly, too critically at times. There's growing pains along the way. Bill Ranford won the 1990 uh, Smythe Trophy, backstopping the Edmonton Oilers to what many viewed to be a surprise Stanley Cup championship. I remember working at ITV on Sports Night with Darren Detition. The Oilers opened the series at home. Ranford gave up six on 30. The Jets got an empty netter, and they won 7-5. Winnipeg outplayed Edmonton in Game 3 and Game 4 of that series in Winnipeg. Dave Ellett scored in double OT, and the Oilers were on the ropes. And there was not, listening to John Short back then, there was not a lot of belief that the Oilers were going to be able to rally and come back and win the series. Well, they went and won 15 more games and won the Stanley Cup, and Bill won the Conn Smythe. Um, Stuart Skinner saying today that he thought his performance was average and he could be better. I agree. I think he's going to be better carrying forward here. Do want to mention to you, you have a chance to follow the Oilers to Los Angeles, California to watch exciting playoff action, games three and four with New West Travel. Um, playoff package includes four nights accommodation at the Westin Hotel, great lower bowl game tickets for games three and four, and a welcome reception with your Australian special guest. Limited space available for the L.A. playoff road trip. Reach out to New West Travel at 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. It is 12.58 Edmonton. When we return after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, we will hear from a man who's coached the Edmonton Oilers and coached this season against Edmonton and L.A. Dallas Aikens coming up on Oilers Now.